Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. Well, it's Thursday, so that means it's time for Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. Joining us in studio to my right, Brent Helpert. And Chad Olson. Nice job, Chad. <laughs> Andy Bernard. Mike Gelfan. Chad, could you quiet down a little? <laughs> <laughs> Who let him in here? We'll be right back after these exciting uh, words from our sponsors. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean. Bryant, what's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this, if the adjuster really truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best your best interest in mind correct well you want to know what your rights are you know whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not that's a choice it's a free consultation and you want to understand what your all your rights are and what coverages you have and plus the fact i hang out with you so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if i'm hanging out with you uh, maybe <laughs> uh, okay ladies and gentlemen michael bryant bradshaw and bryant Hey, this is Brian Zepp. Summer is finally here, and if you're like me, you've got some serious riding planned. Make sure you and your motorcycle are good to go with Dennis Kirk. Whatever you ride, Harley, Indian, Metric Cruiser, or Sport Bike, you'll find what you need at Dennis Kirk. 160,000 parts and accessories in stock, clothing and helmets, too. Order before 8 p.m., and they ship the same day. Plus, shipping is free for orders over 89 bucks. Follow Zepp's lead and head to DennisKirk.com. They ship today. We are back with Car Selling Secrets, a tradition on Car Selling Secrets for first-time people uh, on the show is to start by telling the story of their very first car. I have a, I, I want to save Brent's for a second, so Chad, you're up first. What was the first car you had as a teenager? He's doing this to you on purpose, you know. I know. very first car I had uh, at 16 <laughs> was a uh, 1977 Honda Civic. Oh, it's a pretty sensible wow. car. Well, that's kind of yeah. Most most of us have stories about cars falling apart when yeah. we back them out of the garage. Okay, well, I did have to take an old license plate and bolt up the floorboard because otherwise I could see the road. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that's not good. Well, Those that's old okay, Civics then. weren't known for their rust integrity, so this was you probably got it as a one-year-old car and it was always rust, already rusted. In the a beginning. few years, yeah. Yeah. One year it rusted in one well, they, year. They were it's, it's cars in the seventies were not yeah. terribly well. well that's, true. that's true. Uh, a guy that knows a lot about that is our uh, guest star uh, Brent Alpert. He is the what is your title with uh, the back the Hot Rod Association? I am one of the MSRA Board of Directors. Okay, and they put on just a fabulous car show on Father's Day uh, weekend, and it's uh, going live tomorrow back to the 50s up at the uh, fairground we're going to talk about that in a little bit but brent tell us about the first car that you had my first car was a 1985 monte carlo that's a nice oh, car. great car 
I love that car. Yep, V6. My dad didn't trust me with a V8, so he got me a V6. So how much trouble did you get in it anyway? I didn't get as much trouble in that one, but my second car I did. What was that? Which was a 74 Buick, <laughs> and that was a boat, and we had fun with that. Electra, or what was it? <laughs> Oof, I don't even remember if it was a, Yeah, it was a boat. And my grandmother had one of those. That was kind of kind of a grandpa-grandma grandma, kind grandma. of car. I have a question for you because I had a '77 Monte Carlo. Did they change the body type ever? Yes, I thought so yeah. because that '77. I loved that car, mm-hmm. man. When I had that back in the that was in Jacksonville, Florida. As a matter of fact, I think the first year of the Monte Carlo was '71. I believe, probably about right. Yeah, about right or '70. We've got a lot car. of car guys that listen to the show. If anybody wants to chime in, obviously the talking text lines open. Uh, 561-228-4061. Brent, you're up. Tell us about Back to the 50s. What's going on? What's happening? Why should people not miss it? It's one of the largest car shows in the world. Nation, I'd say. Um, About 11,000 plus cars, 64 and older. Um, We'll start rolling in the fairgrounds tomorrow morning at 8 a.m., and that is uh, we've got plenty of things to do over the weekend, too, which makes it a large event from Kids World to uh, swap meet on a Sunday, ladies showcase, and cruising arts fair. You get the ladies in a showcase? Yeah. <laughs> you know, this is the 2000, what year is it? 22. Okay. That'd be good. Yeah. You might be getting in trouble. Of course, it is back to the 50s, so that was a little more common yeah. back then. No, yep. it's, uh, I haven't been to the show in probably six or seven years, but it is fabulous up there. And, and I, we were talking before we started, I think you guys dodged a major bullet if you looked at the weather forecast last weekend i think the cool days were supposed to be like 102 yeah (laughs) but now it look it's looking like it's just about perfect we do have some tickets to give away uh the only caveat is you'd have to pick them up in st louis park tomorrow if you're interested in uh, a pair of free tickets to the back to the 50 show email me at doug at walzer.com as quick as you can. We don't have an unlimited supply, and we'll uh, I'll send you the information about where you can come grab them tomorrow. For those of us that are uh, forced to pay full price, what what's the cost to get in the show? Forced to pay full I'm price. I'm kidding. There you go. It's fifteen dollars per person at the gate, and if you go over to Napa, you get a two dollar uh, discount. So it'll be thirteen dollars if you pre-buy them at Napa. Do you have parking there? Yes. You do? Yeah, park in there. We also have park and ride on Saturday, too. Where's that from? Sorry, I didn't mean Chad. to ask all these tough questions. <laughs> Maybe Chad. The only guys I've ever seen bring in. Oh, well, Chad, back Chad. to you. Free shuttle Saturday He's only. Doing his research. <laughs> okay, here, I got it right now. Energy Technology Center at 1450 Energy Park Drive, St. Okay, Paul. Okay, that's by the old Bandana Square, I yep. think. Yes, yeah, it is. So, yeah. And then the Minnesota Department of Education, 1500 Highway 36 West in Roseville. Okay. So park and ride. And, and, you know, we had Scott Lambert, who's the head of uh, Minnesota Auto Dealers Association, and he just loves the state fairground as a setting for the the Twin Cities. Oh, I agree. I agree. Um, You guys have been up there forever. Has it always been at the fair? Yes, it is. And this is, looking at my notes, the 48th, so it it started in 1974. Four? Is my math Good right? Good job. I usually, I usually miss the decades. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you've been around you since 1942? No, that would have been uh, 84 years ago. It was 80. Yeah, but other than that, don't worry about a thing. And it's growing. 
Yeah, how, in the very first shows, do you know how big they were, or was it just probably about a hundred cars? I'd okay. say. Oh, so really? we, didn't, we didn't do a very good thousands. job keeping track of the records, but now every year we do. Now, do you, is there buying and selling that goes on at the fair as well? Yes, there is. How um, does that work? Of cars, I assume. Right. Oh, <laughs> I, just, well. I just want to make it clear because. No. Not the ladies' roundup. Well, that's, that's the, what I was thinking. The ladies' of. roundup. Okay. That's, that's for you, nice. Jay Marie. <laughs> yeah, for Jay Marie. There you go. I like it. There's also a lot of cars, park parts, cars being sold. Cars are throughout the fairgrounds Friday through Sunday, but we also have a car corral on Sunday at the swap meet, and that's okay. in the midway. So how does that work? How does the car corral work? Um, they have to either pre-register. Um, ahead of time, which usually starts about probably March, ends in May, okay. end of May, somewhere in there. And they can pre-register there for 40 bucks, or else they can register a car for 40 bucks and have all three days to come. So is, it, is the car corral thing like an auction, or is it just a place where they've got cars for nope, sale? No, it's just a place for the cars. Okay. Um, did they ever have auctions out there? Yes, we they did. Okay, yep. I, I seem to remember that, I think, the last time. This is the year we're not having an auction because the fairgrounds thought, oh, it's too much work to take all the dirt out of the Coliseum. So they refused to do it. Yeah. That'll happen. You know, I got very, very lucky last Wednesday. They work, what, 15 days a year? You'd think they could suck it Well, you would think, yeah, but, you know. But, yeah, last Wednesday, uh, my wife said, hey, you want to go play the par three over at Braemar? I'm like, yeah, okay, I haven't played much golf recently or whatever. But uh, we're leaving Braemar. And about three, four cars in front of us was a 55 or 56 Ford convertible, the old solid roof that went Skyliner. back into the Skyliner. My God, was that a beautiful car. I, just looking at that body type, it was pink and white, of course. Oh. <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> but And then I find out the next day from Dougie that you guys are coming in. And going, oh, man, I just saw this classic car, got all excited about it. I do love classic cars. I didn't start driving until I was 21 years old because I couldn't afford to drive. That's <laughs> why. But, um, yeah, it's just those old cars from when you were a kid, boy, it just brings it back to you. Yep. That's why I have the passion for it. Yeah, I bet. I bet that's true because it does it mm-hmm. even for me. Even You know, I think the nicest car my father ever had was a Ford Falcon. My dad had a Falcon. Did he? Yeah. you have a Falcon? Yeah, he got a little mad at me. Why? Well, it was black, and he was really proud of Ours his first new car. Too. Three yeah. on the tree, uh, crank windows, no air. And <laughs> 1969, me and my buddy Peter Keeping thought that it would be really cool to... Uh, Dayglow uh, day paint was all the rage back then in the 60s. Everything. We thought we'd paint our bikes Dayglow, orange. Good plan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we had them leaned up against the Falcon. Oh, oh. So we take the bikes and we go, oh, shit. Oh, that's not good. <laughs> it did come off, but uh, well, good. Pops was I'm not super pleased. You've got an interesting story about your father's car, right? I yes. Gotta, all right, dude, you got to hear this. This is pretty cool. So my father had a 1934 two-door sedan. And that car... It's a Ford, right? Yeah, it's a Ford. And he bought that back in 1982, before just right before I was born, and uh, had it ever since. He decided, you know, probably five years after owning it, it rode pretty rough, so he was going to tear it apart and hot rod it and make yeah. it ride better. Mm-hmm. And it took him 20-some years to finish it. And since he's passed, I've taken over the car. So oh, that's awesome. The car's as old as me. So have you done anything to it, or was it done when your dad got done with it? 
for the most part, it's done. It needs the interior, but I, I've just pretty much left it alone, you know. That's a, that's cool. Yeah. So now I have to ask a question. You guys serve chow over there? Oh, yeah. All I the fair it. food. All I the knew fair. the fair food would be there. Mm -hmm. but that makes it a really special event. Yeah. Don't you think? Oh, yeah, definitely. I was over there uh, yesterday and this morning during setup, and there's some new vendors there, which is like cheese curds tacos. Really? Yeah. <laughs> That would be yeah. good. It's kind of like a quesadilla taco. Kind yeah. Of. You know, the nice thing is it's, it's brand new food, but it's the same old grease. Right. Yeah. Could be. But you never know. But I do love going to State Fair for that very, very Oh, reason. yeah. It's, I don't know, it's, it's a very classic State Fair. I, I, matter of fact, there's a State Fair down. We spend a lot of, a lot of time in Florida. And the, the county fair down there, I know it's a county fair, so it's not as big, but it nothing stands up. I guess the one in Texas stands up to the Minnesota State Fair, and that's the only one in the country. Yeah. Hmm. But apparently, as the Minnesota people will point out, theirs is like three weeks long, so yes. they actually suck. <laughs> so they shorter. actually suck. Yeah. Well, that's what they say. I've been throughout the whole country and different car shows, different fairgrounds. Right. And I got to say, the Minneapolis, say Minnesota fairgrounds, top notch. It is. There's no question about that. Nice trees, cool area to sit. And I, in 1975, I did my first appearance at the state fair working for WDGY, and these four boys came along, decided to be really funny to throw pennies at me while I was in the booth. <clears throat> okay, so I'm not too happy about that. I'm not throwing them. They're just kind of lobbing them at me. This is not going to hurt. They were just being a pain in the ass, right? Found out later who one of those boys was. There were four brothers, and one of them's name was Jeff Passolt. <laughs> yes, son of a. <laughs> He always was a son of a bitch. He really he? was, yeah. Mike. There's Boy, no question what a about mean it. Guy. Just <laughs> but nobody really liked him. Was all an act. What are the chances somebody's throwing pennies at you and like ten years later you work with the guy? That That's is, what, it's so one is, in a million. Is that why you refused to go to the fair when we were doing the morning show? Maybe. Tom, for, if you don't know, when the state fair every year for the state fair, he would play a loop of background noise that made it sound like we were at the oh, fair because everybody yeah, else I was see. at the fair. We were the only show that wasn't well, at the fair. Well, you had a wall of tape? The problem was that they were at, like, the corner of shit and hole. <laughs> so I think that was one of the problems. Yeah. I mean, there are certain areas that, uh, of the fair that are uh, really premier locations. Yeah. They're, yeah. They really are. That was never one of them. That was not one of them. That's very, very true. But it, it all worked out. So then yeah. you made me go every year. I did not make you do any. You and Tony Lee, is that what you're saying? I, I'm just. I'm, I, just I made you go to the fair. Oh, so what horrible. did you have to well, do? Well, you were the only ones that he interviewed was pigs. It was on wonderful. The street? I just I did remotes. And, uh, you know, I've, I've talked to interesting people. But I, there were certain things I did every year. Uh, like I always wanted to, uh, I always wanted to uh, look at the uh, that year's uh, state's largest boar. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. I do remember that. And that Absolutely. would allow me, of course, every year to do a Garrison Keeler joke. Right. <laughs> or, I mean, it writes itself. Yeah, it writes itself. But those are I'm some of the best. Standing by the banks of the and Mississippi. And then, of course, then there was tragedy struck when I was banned from the poultry barn. Not you. Well, you know. How did you get kicked out of the hen house? Well. Uh, well. It was a very yeah. funny bit, although it doesn't exist today, from what I understand. They got rid of it? The general manager ordered it, ordered all tapes uh, destroyed. Who was that? Uh, that would have been... Uh, was Steiny? No, actually, it was Amy. Oh, there's a shock. Well, I, you know, I always got along with her, so... Well, you did. You but, know, but kinsman. I, 
I didn't lament the uh, passing of. Well, I was I was talking to the superintendent, right? And he was a guy. He was he was in his 80s. He'd been the superintendent for like 60 years or something. Mm -hmm. And so I was just asking him about the various uh, species in there, the various uh, you know the the different kind of poultry. And then I asked him about the, the big black cock over there and asked him, you know, how they got so large. Did they have a different diet? Was it genetic? Oh, God. And, uh, and it was a very funny bit, I thought. And, and the, the, he didn't understand that I was inferring anything or implying it, perhaps. The rooster. And there's, yeah, just roosters. And uh, so he just, he, of course, you know, it's always best if they don't get on the joke, right? Right. I mean, they don't get into it. And, and so he was just totally straight. And then uh, afterwards, uh, the word uh, came out that I'd been banned from the poultry barn forever. <laughs> and so, so the next year, I, I of course, I, I, I had to sneak into the poultry barn. Oh, he did, yes. And I, I, I like, hid under a cage full of roosters. And so, you know, the, the, the noise, the, the cacking was quite large. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. And I, I thought that made for a pretty funny bit. And... Um, so, but then, then I was accosted as I left. Oh, you were? Yeah, I was accosted. Yeah. Who? By uh, the guard? No, it wasn't. No, it was just uh, like a couple of people who had worked there for years. And, oh, you know, okay. We thought we told you never to come back. And I said, well, I, is there an injunction oh, or you something? Must, you, you have me confused with my twin brother, Mike. <laughs> exactly. Yes, exactly. So that was, uh, that was a story of ignominy, uh, but also of great comedy. I thought it was fantastic. But nothing, Dick, nothing Dick, survives from it today. Dick joke, no. great comedy. Is that what you're trying to say? Well, the way he <laughs> presented it was right. the key. That's, that's that's exactly right. That's exactly. And, right. You know, not just anyone <laughs> could tap that great reservoir of comedy. Well, not see. I, I, that's all you needed to know, Buster. My <laughs> mind has been changed. Right there. I do have a question for everybody at the table. If there was one car, like you know. The one I hear a lot is the what the '60s era XKEs. That was that would be my pick. You asked me that it's before. A lot an, of an E-type Roadster. That is a great looking car. Enzo Ferrari says it's his most beautiful car ever made. But not the great runner, from what I understand. Yeah, no. Little... We all remember the Mad Men joke. Oh God, that was so funny. What was it again? You want to tell remember. it, Mike? Uh, yeah, I think you probably remember it better than I do. You're so, younger than uh, I do. You guys seen yeah, the, the TV show <laughs> Mad Men, and you remember that at one point there's a, a English character oh, that God. comes in to run the office. I don't remember exactly what his job is, but he Hanged falls on really on hard financial times, um, and his wife is spending money like crazy, and he can't tell her that they're broke dick dogs. So he goes into the garage takes a tube, puts it on the exhaust pipe of his E-type. Yep. And she had given the him front the car, windows. right? Yeah, she'd given the car. Yeah. Car wouldn't start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And in the next, next episode, he hung himself from his oh, office. Yeah, he hanged like, himself. Oh, I remember that. As Zelenovich would have said, he put a potato in the tailpipe. Where's Zelenovich? Well, he, he was going to put a lot of tail yes. potatoes down. So oh, finish yes. asking everybody the, the question. What there? Okay, so your favorite car if of all time. Pick, what would you... Yeah. I'd say a 56 Porsche Roadster. Oh, God. Gorgeous car. Yeah. Oh, like the James Dean car? Yes. The Spider? James yeah. Dean. I'd say a 67 Stingray. Another great car. Mm -hmm. Boy, these are great. You can't beat these cars so far. Andy? Me? 
German tank. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. He's quite the Very guy. practical. Nobody can get in. <laughs> exactly. You can just live in there forever and no one will ever know. Mike, what's your sedan to Ville? Well, you know, the, the, the car I have most, the most memories of was probably the, uh, the, the 1961 Chevelle. The Chevelle? That was the car my dad handed down to me, the one where the steering wheel fell off. I remember that. Yeah. I, remember I, I told that story, that. yeah. The steering wheel falling off mm -hmm. while you're driving it. That's Thanks, not, Dad. Not dad, are you idea. trying to send me a message? Right. Or? No, do you actually have a There's a, got to be a car you always wanted. I never was into cars. You just never cared about it. You know, that my much, dad right? always, my dad always had these, these, these very, uh, very, well, inexpensive cars, and my dad special ordered them so because he didn't want a radio in them. Right, you wouldn't mm -hmm. want to blow the extra twenty-seven dollars. Exactly. Did he know what you did for a living? Uh, well, this was before. Oh, in was fact, okay. well, In fact, he never had a radio in any of his cars until I started until out in the morning show. Yeah, that's amazing. So he was, really? he was very loyal. He was just that's very parsimonious. Nice. He grew up during the depression. Yeah, yeah, I understand. So, what would your pick be? Uh, you know. It, it, how about like all of yours combined? I mean, I have cars. others I put on the list. My uh, 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 the early '60s Lincoln Continental convertible. Oh God! Yes. Sadly, a lot like the car JFK got killed in with the but, suicide doors yeah, and, the and whole that deal. was stretched out. But just a regular one. I think those are saw a lot of those in the Lincoln Del parking lot. Oh yes, you did. No yeah. doubt. Mm -hmm. What? But you know the, the Mustang, the Jaguars, the Mustangs, the Corvettes. Officer Dave says 1959 Coudeville. Coupe de Ville. Ah, Coupe de Ville, yeah. That had the big fins on it. I remember those yeah, huge well, on the top wheels. Of the line 50s was fins. Yeah. Brits, yeah, that was the Lincoln Dell parking yeah. lot car. Oh, that was. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Why not tell our buddy to get those open again? Let's go. Yeah. I like Crossroads. It's nice. But no, it is nice. Lincoln Dell had some great Dale. memories. Well, you know, Danny, Danny Berenberg made so much money Danny. selling. Selling yeah. the lot to oh, God, the uh, real certain car dealers. Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Uh, <laughs> you mean right, that one where the, the Walzer. Uh, 494 in uh, France Avenue, conveniently mean, located. Or the new one where the Rusty Scupper used to be. Uh, Minutes from anywhere, miles from nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> You're unbelievable. Yeah, we got the Scupper too. We got the whole road. You got the, Sensors, you got the whole got road. Cleared it all out gone. for the new Toyota store. This thing's going to. Not very this nice. Is, this thing's so big, it's going to have its own gravity field, I think. Since Basically, yeah. I just destroyed the great restaurant heritage of the Twin Cities. It was phenomenal. Just, just one, one bulldozer came in, and then everything was gone. History yeah. was yeah, wiped out. True. It was. Yeah, it's our fault. You're absolutely right. We didn't knock down Charlie's. <laughs> Can I use it? You guys mind just one, one bit of language, or do you want to avoid that just for your own? They're back to the fifties. Hot Rod Association. I, well, I just wanted to make sure it. because the F bomb. Some people. I don't. Ha I don't have to, but. That's what I what what happened. It, this is your network. Okay, so we're at the Lincoln Dell over on Minnetonka Boulevard, and with Jeff Passel, the very same guy who was throwing pennies at me at the state fair. <laughs> hey, we would need them at the at the Lincoln Dell. But it was yes, no, that's right, exactly. <laughs> but I really didn't know Jeff. I had played football with him, but I didn't really know him all that well personally, and you know, because his older brother used to play with us, and then Jeff came along when he grew a little older. So we're sitting at the Lincoln Dell. And it's the first time I ever went to lunch with Basil. And, he, and TV people are very, as you guys know, TV people are very touchy of their personal, uh, you know, how they look to the public. Let's the just say their the hair. Yeah, their hair is good. Yeah. 
So we're sitting in that one of the, the middle booth. Remember the very front of the store. I'm sitting right on Minnetonka Boulevard. That middle booth. Mm-hmm. We're sure. sitting in that booth. I can picture it. And I see a friend of mine I've known for my whole life, and he uh, is on crutches. He's been on crutches his whole life, right? So he's coming over, and I can tell that he he's coming over to say hello. But I think he also wants to meet Jeff Passel because he, he was on Channel 11 then, I guess. Oh, it was before he went to Denver? Yeah, it was before he went to Denver. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and it takes him quite a while to get there on his, on his crutches, right? So as he gets there, we're both looking up at him, and Passel's got a big smile, like a welp- welcoming smile. Mm-hmm. And the guy says, I won't even say his name because I don't even want, know if he wants me to use his name or not. But he goes, well... Look at you two. And I looked up and went, fuck off, asshole. <laughs> I will never pass off the look on his face. And, Jeff, I'm just kidding. He's a friend of mine. <laughs> the guy He's telling him to F off. And Passel went into a panic. Oh, my God. He's like, well, well, well. <laughs> you know, we better take it. We better take a quick yeah, break. We do uh, run a, a couple ads and we'll be right back with a second segment. Car selling secrets. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. I met the folks from Shift Real Estate last year on our way to Key West and loved their story. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees because they list for a flat fee of $5,000, and that includes photos, MLS listing, online marketing, and the assistance of a full-time realtor. Tell Shift about your home, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more. Shift Real Estate, the common-sense way to sell your home. Visit shift2sell.com because life is expensive enough. And we are back with Stretch's picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here for Continuum Weight and Well-Being. Continuum is here, it's new, and they're doing it differently. There are no meal replacements or foods you're required to purchase. There are no pills or surgeries. They specialize in customizing meal plans for you using all whole, nutritious foods. They don't just focus on weight loss. They are upfront with their pricing. And most importantly, Continuum is designed for long-term success. Schedule a free consultation and find out more today. Go to their website, ContinuumWeightWellbeing.com, or call or text them at 952 952- Four nine one six five two seven. That's Continuum C O N T I N U U M Continuum Weight Wellbeing dot com. I've learned so much from them, and I know you will too. Continuum Weight and Wellbeing Life Beyond Weight Loss Mode. We are back with Walzer Automotive Group's Car Selling Secrets. We're talking about all kinds of stuff, but mostly the upcoming Back to the 50s huge mega car show at the State Fairgrounds uh, opens this weekend. Uh, Brent is our uh, guest, and I got a couple. It says here that you own like 14 cars. I have a collection of cars. What do you got? Don't look at the notes. Where do I start in my memory? Dangerous um, at any speed. This isn't a homicide <laughs> investigation. It's okay if you get a couple of them wrong. Yeah. Um, I just acquired a 1964 Ford Galaxy out of California. Oh, my God. All original. 
That thing's huge, isn't yeah, it's it? It's huge. huge. You can put a couple car. bodies in that trunk. Oh yeah, <laughs> I remember oh. that. That's a great car. Yeah, rides like a Cadillac. And where'd you find it? How did you find it? How did internet. You track it I was down? playing on the internet during the winter time. You know, just bored. What for else? Cars. Do? Yeah. Now, what for sites cars. do you look at when you're just? Do you go Craigslist or do you just look Auto Trader or where do you or all of them? Uh, all of them. Craigslist, Facebook's been getting Facebook Marketplace, but that's been getting horrible lately. Yeah, really. Sca- a lot of scammers on there. Oh yeah, I suppose. Yeah, guy will list a 1932 Ford Roadster for five grand, and then it's yeah. like, that's we know yeah. that's though. So I reach out to him, and I'm like, oh, hey, I'll, I'll buy this car. I'll, can I wire you the money right now? <laughs> they never reply back. They know. How did that happen? Yeah. So what else have you got on the stable? I've got a uh, 1956 Chev pickup, um, all customized. Uh, those up. have become the market on those have gone through the roof in the yeah. last eight or nine years. The old Chev 50 Chevys and oh, Ford really? pickup trucks, yeah. yeah really. Now the 80s are even coming out too, like the Broncos and the Blazers and the you know I Chevy. I had body. a new Bronco too when that was a thing back when you were what year were you born? 84. 82. Okay, so yeah, when you were four. Maybe as a if you had lived up by a lake and you needed some ground clearance, it was good for that. But they were really terrible cars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they didn't handle well at all. They weren't terribly safe. But there wasn't very much room in them, and they were bad on gas. Other than that, I can see why Bronco 2s are collectible. I don't get it. But yeah. We were talking about this uh, TV show in the first uh, hour uh, called Murderville. And um, Will Arnett plays a homicide detective, but but you'll get this. His his uh, rig, his wheels, is a bright orange '82 Dodge Rampage. One of those, you know, the it was basically a Dodge Omni. They chopped the back off and made it into a fake pickup truck. It has to be the only one in the world that's still on the road. I'm sorry, I interrupted. What else have you got on the stable? I've got uh, just sold a 1964 Thunderbird. <sighs> With the removable, with the steering wheel that slides to the... Yeah. Yep. I needed that because I'm a little fat, so... Way to go, Doug. My grandfather bought a new one of those every year, and we were talking about this beforehand, and it was either 63 or 64, so I was five or six years old. He took me to the Ford store to pick out the new one. I thought that was just cooler than hell. And I remember they called it the fat man's friend. <laughs> swing the steering... Tom was offended... But I don't understand if you have to bring it back and you're fat, it can't move over. It was so you could get out of the car easier. I don't Yeah, but if it's getting a hit your gut getting out of the car, you couldn't steer. Is that a good, is that a valid point? I'm going to call Robert McNamara if he's still alive. Who was the CEO of Ford at the time? He was, yeah, I think that's right. I think you're right. He was. He was one of the whiz kids. Edsel, too, right? Wasn't he involved in the Edsel? Yep. Yeah, I thought yep, so. That's right. Wasn't it like his aunt or something, or his grandfather, or somebody was named Edsel? No, Edsel is one of Henry's sons. Yeah, that's right. It's Henry Ford's son. Yeah, You're right. You're absolutely. Edsel was his son, and he ran Ford Motor Company for a while, almost right into the ground. Oh, was it fifty eight, fifty nine, something like that? Uh, it actually started after the war when they, when they started. Oh, having, okay. They, they, the company had grown so fast, and they just. I read the brilliant book about. It was the parallel between Ford and Datsun. It was written in the 80s by David Halberstam, who I think wrote all the President's Men. Oh, right. But Ford was in tough shape after the end of World War II. The way they were doing their books uh, to figure out how much money they had coming in and they owed, so payables and receivables, is that they would take a stack of 50 invoices and figure out the average dollar amount and then weigh the other 
batches of 50s and 100s. They didn't have the ability to go through all these. Really? Anyway, they almost went under, actually, back then. So, Jesus. Ford almost went under. Yep. God, I didn't well, know. Well, Chrysler goes under about every they 15 years. They're lot, like the yes. Rocky Balboa of the uh, automobile still, industry. was not that rather a coincidence that Iacocca's name stands for I am chairman of Chrysler Corporation of America? That's what happens when you have a lot of people that smoke pot. You know, it, yeah, but I mean, that, it actually is his name, right? Yeah, it is. I mean, it, and it does say I am chairman of Chrysler Corporation of America. It's Iacocca. Destiny. Arguably, like Bernard, the, I should be a farmer. Some Barnyard. of the worst yeah. automotive ads ever were Lee Iacocca oh, they were terrible. and Snoop. Snoop, oh, God, they were horrible. <laughs> if the ride is fly, you, you must, must buy. buy. I'm like, oh, really? Hi, Iacocca Nizzle. <laughs> That's right. I, I mean, they're funny, them. but it's just like. I thought they were And at horrible. the time, this was right before Chrysler went through bankruptcy. And right. Right before the recession. They were trying anything they could to save the company. And some marketing genius thought, let's get Iacocca. And I got an idea. Let's get Snoop. Snoop Dogg. Isn't yeah, there right? Is there a, why do car companies go bankrupt so often? Or they used to don't anymore, do they? It's rare. Chrysler seems to be one, well, they, one they that suffers have. for it. Yeah. They would have. We just kept buying them out. No, I mean, well, were, and we bailed them. I mean, we bailed out, out right. Chrysler a couple of times, General Motors once. Right. I think that they're much, you know, they're much more solid than they ever have been. Right, I, you know, I would think. We, we forget how bad uh, the recession was of 08, 09, and into 10. That was, that, that was some really... Soon we'll be really, reminded, though. I don't think it's going to be the same. No, um, probably not. I, I don't think so either, but it could be. I don't know. I, so what, is it that expensive? I mean, the, the, the profit margins is that small? Yeah, that's I mean, what it's well, all about. I mean, yeah. they're very capital-intense businesses right, right. that uh, manufacture automobiles. It's not like software or advertising. I mean, mm -hmm. if you're Microsoft or Google, you don't. You really your biggest cost are personnel. You don't have to right, have these right. factories that that are, cost billions of dollars. And Ford's spending fifty billion dollars in the next three or four years to build electric car and truck plants. Fifty billion dollars. That they just have to spend that before they can start building stuff to make money. So yeah, it's uh, it's big dollars, but it's not huge margins. Although uh, their their uh, profits have been all time high the last two years. It's just well, they have. Now, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I suppose that is true. They're selling it much faster than they can make them. They've eliminated all the rebates. The price MSRPs keep climbing, uh, and the margins for the manufacturers are, are really really great. So well, that's that's good to know. Well, it is, but it's screwing up the market. Um, yeah, it's, that's true. It's, you know, used cars aren't going to continue to appreciate. And we've talked about this a million times before. I'm more interested in talking about hot rods. Two more cars, Brent, and I'll let you have the Two hook. more cars. I've got a uh, 28 uh, Roadster. The only problem with that one is I can't fit in it. <laughs> Can anybody fit yeah. in it? So Someone smaller. Problem. It's not a Duesenberg then? Or? No. No. Oh, a Duesenberg. I'd love no. to have a Duesenberg. Yeah, those are really cool cars. One more car. One more car. I've got a Model A Coupe. Oh, wow. Yeah, all original. Or not somewhat original, but nothing's been done to it. I mean, yep. it's got the kind of the original motor that came with the car and the interior the and everything. Model A's so. were what, four cylinders? No straight. Well, four cylinders or uh, flatheads, too. Yeah. And they were... 50 horsepower? Yeah, about 50 like horsepower. Yeah, you ain't going to run a race with it. And if you're going to take it down the road, you may make sure it's going to be slow. 
I don't know. I, I saw read something recently about the Model T, and I think that was the most uh, highest volume car ever manufactured. Of course, they had a run of about, what, 20 years or something on the T's, but the stuff that that could do back in the early days of roadways in America was really amazing because they, they had to be able to go through some pretty crappy conditions. It's not like now. Yeah, if you ever seen those videos from the past, you know, those Model A's are going to a rough road, look like they're off-roading and yeah. bouncing yeah. around. And yeah, that's true. They made a lot of money on those. And you could argue that Henry Ford started the middle class in America. Yeah, you could. Because no, he was right. paying five bucks an hour to assembly line workers when God. the going wage was like 75 cents. Right. For a Nazi sympathizer, he was a great guy. He, he was a not a perfect Hitler, person. But, you know, Hitler's buddy, but well, other he, than that. Know, he hired Jews. You know, he did. He just didn't like them. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> well, I no, did he, the same thing. Well, sure. Of course. It's true. Yeah. So here's my favorite Henry Ford story. They're developing the Model T, and uh, they had a, a supplier build the engines, you know, which is really not that different than what happens today. It's, uh, manufacturers have different suppliers manufacture stuff. But Henry Ford, in addition to helping design the engine, laid out a very specific spec specifications for the box that the engine would be transported in. And, he, and you know, the engineers at Ford are going, we don't need, what What are you doing? We just, that's way overbuilt. So Henry said, you know, when we get the first shipment in, call me down to the loading dock and we'll bring engineering assembly along. I want to show you guys something. Train pulls up, they unload all these, you know, a couple of hundred engines. And he uncrates it and he goes, okay, this panel here is the inner left fender well. That He had designed this so the engine manufacturer would build stuff that he could use in assembling the, the cars. And I thought, that's a pretty clever fella. Indeed. I can tell everybody's speechless. I still, no, I still want to know why nobody named their favorite car as a Rolls-Royce Phantom. <laughs> How come nobody <laughs> went with that one? I, you know, I've never been in one. You've never even been in one? No. They are rather comfortable. Yeah. Andy, wouldn't you say the back seat is like being at home? Yeah, definitely. They are a very comfortable car. And I've never been in a, I have been in a Bentley, but a more modern one. How about a Bugatti? You ever been in one of those $3 million Bugatti? I have not. I don't think it could fit in one of those. Well, I don't think anybody can fit in one of those. They're rather small, aren't they? I guess if you had one, you probably wouldn't drive it. Probably, yeah, because it's, you know, yeah. just getting more valuable, I would assume. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know either. Over the years, I was not, you know, I was never much of a sports car kind of guy. I wonder why that, I suppose growing up where I grew up, there were not sports cars. Not people. a lot of MGs on Plymouth and Penn? No, nah, not a lot. <laughs> There's a lot of Cadillacs. Yeah. There's a lot of Cadillacs, baby, I can guarantee you that. Do you remember a bar, uh, of course you remember a bar on Hennepin Avenue, and it was close to Loring Park. It was called the Filling Station. Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. There were more pimp rides in front of that oh, thing. Yes. They took the bus by there to go to school and come back at night, and you'd see the, you know, the Rivieras with the Continental Spare tire kits on the back. Was that right the, by the Basilica? It was. It was across the street, so it's on the. I think of it as the south side, but it actually would be the east side of Hennepin, right? Okay. Yeah. Kind of where Hennepin curves around. Yeah. 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 Right. Yeah. So it's right by. Yeah. Right there. Well, that's where the Rolls Royce dealership was. Oh, was it really? When I was a kid, right in front of the Basilica, there was a Rolls Royce dealership. Yeah, they all used to be downtown. I know Jack Walzer told this story. Yeah. They had uh, one of his first stores was, I don't know if it was on Hennepin or Harmon, 
but it, this the um, the service department was on the third floor. So there was this huge freight elevator that they would God, that's load cars into and take them up. And one at one Friday afternoon, about three thirty, as people are coming in, just going to pick up their cars after work, the elevator broke. Oh God! Oh God! So Jack Walzer, this is a great Jack story. Oh God! He said, "F it," and went to Murray's and started drinking cocktails. Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Works for me, baby. Oh, yes. God, the thing just broke. Yeah. Oh. Well, well, there's an old warehouse that they converted into a car dealership. Right, well, that's true. There was that's a ton true. of that stuff back then. See, I did, you know, that's interesting. First cars hit the road when? was it? it well, the very first ones were the late uh, 19th century, so 1880, so 1880 something, something, I think. Okay. Daimler got together and made the first. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's a little open to controversy as to who actually was the first person, but it was about that time. But they were only for wealthy people. I mean, they're incredibly right. expensive, right. and they broke down all the time. And and like today, there was a lot of competing technologies as to how the best to propel them. Gasoline was part of it, but remember that Stanley Steamer made a steam-powered car. Yeah, they did. Oh, yeah. And the very first electric cars uh, in the country were built yeah. right around 1900 or so. Yeah, they were. And it wasn't until they, you know, they sorted all that out that gas became the dominant driving force and hence the start of Standard Oil and companies like right. that. But yeah, it wasn't until Ford started making the uh, Model T, which was affordable for you know what would become the middle class of america that really changed everything was that like 1910 or something something like that? i don't remember the first year of the tea it, it's close to that i, yeah, I would have said like 1913 or 14 Andy, yeah another episode of andy looks up shit on the internet for old people <laughs> <laughs> what was the first year of the ford model t a ford model t you know it is true though you trace the the history of the car industry in the country and you learn an awful lot about the country itself and yeah. the economy. Oh, you're, yeah, you're right. Nineteen oh eight. Nineteen oh eight. Oh my go. god, it was that yeah, it was right around that time. I don't know. Where do you think we're headed as far as this is all concerned with electric vehicles? I mean the gas powered vehicles We're going electric. But I mean are the gas powered vehicles just gonna go away completely? Uh, it, it, yeah, so the major manufacturers, General Motors, uh and has said that they're going all electric by 2035. A lot right, of the European right. makers have. Ford says they'll be most of the way there. That doesn't mean that it's going to be illegal to own an right. internal combustion car, but you know the average age of the car on the road today in the U.S. is about 13 or 14 years. It's well, higher so than it's ever been. So I, I think it'll that. be um, um, another 20 years. So it'll be 2055 yeah. or 2060s that... The only time you'll see uh, internal combustion cars at the when your son's running back to the fifties on Father's Day weekend at the Minnesota yeah, State. There, yeah, there. See what he did Absolutely. there. Absolutely. <laughs> a little so, plug for your kid. Because I did, I did hear that uh, the federal government's having a hell of a time convincing uh, the oil companies to make sell, more oil, to make yeah. more oil and sell it a lot cheaper. They're not really going for that. Well, idea it's a world too, market. No. I mean, you know, everybody and. Not a huge fan of corporate greed, and they are making right. a ton of money. Oh, but God, let's yes. not forget that. Do you remember what Exxon lost in 2020? Just yeah. take a stab at no, it. No, you told me once, and I, yeah. It's like $23 billion. Plus, that's a tough that's year. Up there. Now, I think they've made it back. $23 billion. Well, when oil futures turned negative for a while, when yeah. they had to shut yeah, down the, right. the economy, and I'm, I'm not being political, I think that the government did the right thing. I think 
I don't think in early 2020 we really had any other choices, whether no, Trump was true. at the helm or anybody. That, that what's it should have done that, but um, it is a world market, and it's we don't have nationalized oil companies, and we can't really control what they do, and it's just how much demand there is in the world. I like that. That works. For, what's the? Do you have any idea what the average age of is in, for an attendee of the of the classic car show? In what way? Just Walking you know how. Yeah, you said that like an overall number. Is there? Is it people? Uh, you know, your age, our age. I mean, younger six. I mean, you get. Oh, really? Okay. Get Sixteen years really? old driving cars and See, coming in, that. and and it's a big family affair. I mean, kids all ages. You know, parents will bring their babies, and and then we got Kids World, so you can shove the kids off down to Kids World, <laughs> and mom and dad can go have fun. Oh, that's <laughs> nice. No, I just thought it would be a nice family thing to go to. I would imagine. Yeah, you know, cause you get the little chow going there, and mom and dad get to look at all the cars, and the kids get to do all what they do. So I got to believe it's a great family adventure putting on there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, right? Yeah, and the that's weather's we... going to be spectacular the whole three days. Yep, and the kids under fifteen are free. Oh, cool. oh well, there you go. See, I, I would just, as a friend of the court, I would suggest people go either Friday <laughs> or Saturday. Not Saturday. You don't want to go on the holy day. No, I'm just saying Sunday could be a little too hot. But for, oh, but really? Friday, Saturday, oh, that's right. Sunday's like a hundred something. Isn't yeah. it? No, no, yeah. it's down to like ninety-two. Oh, okay. Well, ninety-two point five. Ninety-two point five. KQRS. Tom Bernard in the morning. Nice, right? I don't know if you had to do the whole promo, but you know. You get you get pissed when they don't promote your show, and now I'm promoting your show, and you get pissed. I said they. You not see a you. common trend here. Mike. They uh, not you. you. Know. That's different. It's a whole different deal. <laughs> yeah. Don't you think? I think there was a personal attack. What do you uh, think? Ad hominem. Well, it's unbelievable. Wow. Mm-hmm. I thought we were buddies. But, thought, you know. I thought it was an act. <laughs> Sorry. No, I honest to God, though, and I go, to go back to that, I do love those family events. Andy can tell you mm-hmm. that, you know, Alex and, and uh, Andy's mom, you know, our, my lovely wife and Andy's mom and Alex's mom, uh, we all get together all the time. Those family events are huge in our house. Yep. They're, they're going to being able to go to the whether it's state fair or something at the state fairgrounds or whatever. I love the fact that we still do that kind of thing. I really do. You know, one of my one of my fondest memories is just taking my kids to see Mount Rushmore. Oh, I bet. Yeah. You know, but of course, all the stuff along the way. You know, I mean the I, house that sits on its side. Yeah, the one? house that sits oh, on the God, side. That thing is unbelievable. All you ever been in stuff. there? <laughs> There's a house that literally, like sideways, and you walk on the floor and you think you're going to fall over, but you don't. It's, <laughs> it's kind of weird. I still don't know how it works. I don't either. I have kids, no idea. How you know, my kids, they were eight years old. They're still talking about it. Did you go to the reptile gardens on the way? Of course. Oh yeah. Yeah, Rep- damn right. Go to Reptile Gardens. Now, where did you stay when you were at the? Uh... We stayed uh, at the at the historic. I don't remember the name of the historic kind of big hotel in Rapid City, downtown Rapid oh, City. Oh, yeah, I know what you mean. It's the Alex, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. Alexander Hotel. Yes, exactly. I yeah. loved staying at the because yes. that was one when I worked at Capitol Records. That was one of my markets. Yeah. So I used to go. Wow, this is the entire central United States. So I, I suppose it would be. But I remember going. Oh, I, I, matter of fact, by coincidence, I just told a story this morning on the KQ Morning Show. One of the most amazing things I've ever experienced is I was in the Badlands and it started snowing. Mm. My God, was that spectacular! That's such a weird place. It's a really it? weird just, place. There's no other place on the planet that looks like that. But I mean that the. the the peace and serenity of a snowfall in that area it was just overwhelming it really was great really really great 
All right, I want to get back to the car show. I'm going to read the... I thought uh, I was just talking about how I love the car show. What do you mean get back to the car show? <laughs> we were talking about snow in the Badlands. Well, we were just talking about... Uh, it, it was right, a, never mind. Anyway. <laughs> I'm not talking to you anymore. I just decided. So it starts Friday with a flag-raising ceremony at 9 o'clock in the morning. Oh, you got a military salute flyover at 11 on Saturday. Those are always cool. A pinup contest? This is back to the 50s. I dig that. Uh, Sunday is the swap meet. A church service, uh, 10.30 in the morning, clearing, closing ceremony at 1. So it's over at 1 o'clock on Sunday? Yeah, about 1. Well, it starts at 1. The closing ceremony starts at 1. It'll okay. go for about an hour. So 2 to 3 is usually when it ends. Now, here's my question. I've been told by people in the know that the best time to buy a car out there is that Sunday morning or Sunday lunchtime. And the reason that I, I was told this is true is that they're generally guys that have a project car that they've completed. They're kind of bored with it. They want to move on to the next one. And their domestic partner says, yeah, you got to dump the three window first, and then you can buy the T bird. Oh, is yeah. that true? Yep, that is true. Okay. Especially swap meet. I mean, the end of the day, swap meet guy wants to get rid of the stuff, don't want to bring it back. Hey, make him offer on the car, get a good deal. Yeah, that sounds fun. All right, that wraps up Walzer Automotive Group's car selling secrets. Get out to the uh, the the the, uh, the Hot Rod Association. Back to the 50s show this weekend. It really, really is fun. The weather's supposed to be perfect. No chance of rain. A little warmer than normal on on Saturday, but certainly tolerable. And they sell beer out there, don't they? Yes, they do. All right, you're all set. <laughs> so you're all set. <laughs> yeah, that's I'm it. highlighting that the kid's having fun, and he's boozing it up. You see? I'm sure that's well, never happened nice at the state know. fairgrounds. <laughs> it's nice to know, though, there's a reason. You know, some, that's right. Some of us need a reason to drink beer. Right. Well, that's true, that's, yes. It's usually like, you know. When it gets that temperature, that's when I drink my annual beer. You have one beer every year. And Franklin, beer is God's way of telling us he loves us. There's nothing wrong with that. I like that thinking. With that, we are done. Thank you very much. Thanks for coming in.